Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. This is Daniel Ricardo, and this is 365 Days of Sport. 365 Days of Sport. Yes, good evening and welcome to yet another edition of what is the greatest sports radio show on the planet. As always, I am Kieran Beefy Blake, the world's biggest sports fan, and, and sitting opposite me, as usual, the man from Auckland, Rob Bryce. The sicko twins are here. Sicko twins? Yeah, well, you got a cold. I got a. I got oh, a, sicko, I got a, yeah. My sicko one in three weeks. My Wolverine powers are fading with unbelievable. Age. Unbelievable. I don't know what's going on. I even had on. the jab this year. Did you? Yeah. Is that on? Have you have not got a fear of jabs after they took all that crap out your leg that time? <laughs> uh, no, I've never had a fear of jabs. Yeah, love a needle. I, was, uh, I, I did acupuncture for a long time. Did you? What so, you on uh, yourself? Um, no, actually, uh, my uh, f- friend of the show, Jordan Garuccio, oh, uh, yeah. former acupuncturist. Really? He, he helped fix my back. I had a herniated disc between L4 and L5. I never knew that. And the He's combined. a man of many talents. Yeah, George, yeah, yeah. Isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He get, but he gave that away. He got a bit sick of it, I think. But how can he get, get he sick said, of stabbing he actually, people? He, he actually lost faith in its ability to work. Wow. As an acupuncturist, Gee, he's done a whole three-year degree or whatever they do. That's amazing. It. He said he just got annoyed with, like, so hit and miss, whether it worked or not. Jeez, that's a turn up. So, for you. Uh, I don't know. Is that not good advertising for acupuncturists well, on the whole? Probably not, actually. Yeah. If uh, your own practitioners start questioning start its, questioning it, it's, uh, it's almost, viability. It's, it, well, it's not really explained. Isn't it? Nah. I don't know enough about it. I'll the be honest with you. The idea of what they say is you stick the pins in your right. Yeah. And they reckon that it tells the body that there's something that needs to be fixed down there. Right. Send healing stuff. Yeah, white blood cells, generally. Yeah, yeah send yeah. that down there to deal with it. So it increases the count of white blood cells in that yeah. area. And, and it supposedly fights. fights. Wow. But when I hear stuff like, because mine's like a skeletal displacement. Yeah. How can a few pins do that? But he did this electric shock treatment, well, actually. Well, actually, I was going to say, when I did my shoulder, yeah. I actually had uh, the same treatment. I had so many knots and twists in the muscle at yeah. the back of the uh, shoulder. Yeah. Uh, an Irish girl, actually, she couldn't massage it out. So she decided, shove the needles Bang. in, put the electric current through, hope for the best. Yeah. And it actually did relieve the tightness and the knottiness of what I had. So, I mean, I can vouch for that. It actually worked in a, in a severe case. That, that does sound like a severe case. Yeah, what happened with me was, it was quite amusing, is that the first time he did it right, he'd never done it before. So it's all like above <laughs> above my spine, across yeah. the uh, he'd left never done it before. The left You gluteal. let someone who'd never done it before shove needles in well, your he, spine. Well, he trained with it. No, 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 not, not never done acupuncture before. You... <laughs> Jesus. They hadn't done the electric shock treatment. Right, got you. I, I hope he doesn't mind me telling me this. It's too not, late now. It's, it's very funny. There's millions of people, especially just, our man in Guatemala. He's going to know about this. <laughs> he doesn't do it anymore. He's a supermarket. He owns a supermarket. Yeah, he does. Um, down Makes the, great coffee. Very good coffee. Yeah. Upper spine, across the left gluteal, down the hamstring, down the calf, and into the ankle and foot, the whole big chain. Wow, that's And long. then he gets like the equivalent of like sort of jumper lead things. <laughs> yes. And connects them, up, clips. Yeah. connects them up to the various needles. The one in my ass, apparently went in about five inches. That's a big needle. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. I just sort of, you know, you just relaxed and chilled out. Anyway, so he plugs it in and puts these things on. I say, all right, I'm going to start turning up the tension. Now, the rhythm of the tension on this thing is like sort of goes, goes tick, 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 crrr, tick, 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 oh, tick, yeah, yeah. tick, Pulsating. Pulsates like yeah, that, yeah. right. And so he starts turning it up and goes, okay, you feel anything? And I'm like, no, there's not a bit more. Anything now? No, no, nothing, nothing yet. Okay, oh, I'll turn it up a bit more. should be getting something now. Yeah. No, still nothing. And he just turns it up full blast. Like, Are you getting anything now? I go, no, nah, I'm not. He goes, what the hell's wrong with this thing? And I'm sitting there just killed out, not not worried about much. Yeah. And he's fiddling around the device, and all of a sudden presses some button. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> and it's supposed to be sitting at about, I don't know, 6 out of 10 watts, yeah, or whatever yeah, the hell yeah. it was. It was on 10. And I thought... He had done a WWF-style flying elbow drop in my ass. Smash like that. Brilliant. But he actually... Uh, <laughs> and it just kicked in all of a sudden. Oh. And, like, and he was like, oh, shit. And I was like, oh. And uh, I just sort of... He turned it off and I just started laughing my ass. I thought it was pretty funny. But he was, mor- he was mortified, I think. Wow. Anyway. That's, that's what they call electroshock therapy, Rob. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. If that was not me, yeah. I don't know. It would have oh, been a very good reaction. Oh, cool. I know, yeah. Imagine that. That's crazy. It was pretty funny. Um, 
You're telling me you actually watched some football. Sunday morning, Bruce, flatmate Bruce's birthday, oh, Friday yeah. night, a few beers, and we booked in Sunday morning myself and uh, Daniel the Swede, our other mate. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're very keen footballers. Yes. And I really enjoyed it when the European uh, Cup was on. Cup, yep. uh, like, the Euros, night, Euros. Uh, 2016, yeah, yeah. from France. Yeah. And uh, we used to get up in the morning, watch the games, a big breakfast. So we did a bit of a, brought that back. Uh, Daniel brought, brought, it back. brought the coffees over. Bruce made a big English breakfast, oh. two sausages, scrambled yep. eggs. Beans, black uh, pudding, no black pudding, no right, bacon. That's it. It's not a proper breakfast, then. but two big fat pork sausages. Pork sausages. Yeah. I was waiting for the HP. See, to all no our H- overseas no HP sauce, all our overseas listeners, pork sausages are quite rare in Australia. Everything's beefier. Yeah, they are. Whereas no, in in the UK, pork sausages are kind of the norm, standard, particularly for breakfast sausages. Um, so anyway, we had that and watched a bit of uh, older Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale, the Welshman. The, the thing that was funny, I couldn't believe how many players I knew just from all our stupid songs. <laughs> That's true. Yes. Yeah. Mo Salah. Yeah. Did you hear what the injury was from that afterwards? Dislocated shoulder, I believe. Was it confirmed dislocated shoulder? Yeah, he's had an operation today. Okay, well, that's all right then. What did you think it was? the report was strained ligaments. Oh, was it? Like a sprain. Well, sprains can be pretty bad. Yeah, but this is not out of the World Cup bad. Well, he's touch and go whether he's going to make the World Cup. It looked like a nasty fall. Like, I thought it would be a collarbone. True. Was that? Yeah. And who was the other one? Oh, Kareem Benzema. Karim Benzema. <laughs> yeah, and I remember Gareth Bale from watching Wales play in the yeah. in that in, uh, European. That was Won my the Sunday game. morning. How good was the goal? The overhead kick. That was ridiculous. Yeah. No, Swedish Danny was sort of. I thought he's about to release himself. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He was that excited. <laughs> well, people have different reactions to uh, certain things. That's for sure. But it was a great goal, and the his second goal as well. He just, yeah, it's just, it's just an awful mistake from the goalkeeper. Hopefully, the goalkeeper doesn't. Uh, he's still with us. Mm. Yeah. Well, he won't be still with Liverpool as soon as his contract runs out. So uh, that's, uh, you reckon that's enough oh, to get rid of him? All over. Carius, that was the name, wasn't it? Loris Carius. Where's yeah. he from? Isn't he Slovenian or something? Are you asking me? Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. He might be German, I think, actually. Yeah, the blonde hair. I thought he would have been. Yeah, it's way. very true. Yep. So, yeah, he won't be there at Liverpool next season. Okay. Don't know where he'll be. Talking of football. Yep. The sponsor of our show are the best oh, yes. football kit suppliers in Australasia, yep. Rob. They are. Masita. Masita. They are from Holland. They're the biggest football suppliers of kit and equipment in Holland. And now they're in Australia and they sponsor this show. Aren't they generous? You're spot on, actually, Rob, because they are generous. Because if your club or community group or corporate people want to get kit from Masita, they will even give you money to buy the kit with. How ridiculous is that? Quite amazing. Unbelievable. Community spirit. Community spirit. They're a community-based organization, but they have great kit, the best prices, and they offer sponsorship packages as well, which you just can't get better than that. So please, get in touch with mesita.com.au, 1300mesita. Make sure, though, tell them Beefy and Rob sent you there. Yep. Danny Ricardo. Yep. He won the Monaco Grand Prix with yeah, half yeah. a car. Yeah, I heard this. I heard so, this. friend of the show, Daniel Ricciardo, I've got to say, unbelievably, in celebration of uh, Big Dan's uh, win, we're going to replay um, a bit of the interview he did with us a while ago. So, uh, just for a bit of uh, reminiscing. I've heard people say that, that track suits him. How? how what does that? What does that mean? What this year? No, just in general. Just in general, because he's he is a very technically good driver. Because he hasn't got the horsepower. You don't need horsepower at Monaco okay. because it's so hard to overtake. You can't build up enough speed to get past people. Right. So he can basically just toddle along. I mean, you can't be slow, slow. But yeah. I mean, obviously the top four or five drivers in um, Formula One aren't slow. Right. So basically, because you can't slipstream properly and there's no overtaking chances, he can drive a technically good race with okay. not as much horsepower and not the, the top-end speed that you really need on bigger tracks. Right. So he just drove a perfect so, race. So is he basically then sort of the actual best driver? Close to. Yeah. Close to. Him and Lewis. The problem is people like Vettel, well, who he was in the team with before, yeah. and Hamilton, hmm. don't want to be challenged by their number two driver. Okay. So if Ricardo's in the same car as either Vettel or Hamilton, they those two will feel threatened. And when it comes to team orders, who's yeah. going to win? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they don't it's like, like it. It's like when there's the two stableweights in the horse race, and that's yes. the big dog, and he should win, and then the other one comes and runs him down. Exactly right. Yeah. So uh, that's why there like, is speculation. Like in the, or in the Greyhounds will be ripping Sam trying to take down Tornado Tears. You or know. Big Time Charlie 
against big time whoever Anything. else in New Zealand. Yeah, well, they're not all like brothers and sisters, though. No, then you're right. Same with the Astons and the Bales, Ripping Sam and Tornado Tears. They're, I was thinking the other day, brothers. You wonder if Gareth Bale is any relation to Fernando Bale? Is it? There must be a dog called Gareth Bale now. Surely we're there's not, got to we're, be. We're not going to go back into bestiality again, are we? That was, well, uh, that was you brought time. that up. What son. do you mean? I brought it up. <laughs> you're talking. You're asking if a man is related to a dog. That's <laughs> yeah. the only way I can see a connection happening. All yeah. right, unless it's Teen Wolf or something. Michael J. Fox. Oh, and he's going to. You've got some sort of weird thing going on with that. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen Teen Wolf for ages. I'm surprised you've seen it. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah, we I have to want do s- a keg of beer. We'll have to find out. There must be a dog called Gareth Bale. There's got to be, because there's all these other Bales. There, there must is. be a Gareth Bale. In fact, it'll be worth checking. Will it? We'll uh, get on we to can, that. We can do it. If you go on the Greyhound Recorder. I will, yeah. You can find it. Yep. Not right now, though? Well, not right now. We're talking about all stuff. Right. Because the other good thing about Australian motorsport this weekend was mm. the man with possibly one of the greatest sports names in sports of all time won the Indy 500. Will Power. Will Power. Yeah. I listen to the news, you see. I just get yeah. these things. I think, I, and I realised from the stupid names, because at the time, I didn't realise why that was a stupid name. Willpower? So I was like, what's wrong with Willpower? And then I was like, oh, Willpower. Um, I met a guy on Friday night. He trialled for Australia Rugby Union. This yep. is in the 70s. And he had this report about him trialling. He was meant to go on the um, 74 tour of England. The, the British Isles with the Australian team he didn't make the squad. One of the guys who was Captain of Queensland at the time, he was called Dick Cox. Uh, I remember this. I don't know if he was... Uh, no, Chubby Cox you're thinking of. Right. Uh, but Dick no, Cox... been a Dick Cox. Yeah. And it's C-O-C-K-S, by the way, as well. Oh, really? Dick Cox, yeah. Oh, okay, I wasn't It wasn't that. C-O-X. Okay. It was Dick Cox. Hey, by the way, you know how Triple M keeps stealing our stuff, oh, you reckon? Oh, yeah. They, they did the, the names as well. And it was all the same names. You're kidding. No. It's like either either, either someone has actually listened to us and is stealing. I'm positive <laughs> they have. too many things now. That's like three or four. Uh, you, you, either that or we're so unoriginal, we're just crossing no, over. you're making my blood boil now. <laughs> you, that, that's... There's too much of a coincidence, the fact that they've stolen AFL lives and now they've done all the names. They did, all those, they did another one the other day, oh, though. Don't, was, no, don't now. Yeah, I'm, no, there was. Whoa. There was something else. Is this that Will Anderson again? Um, I think it was. No, the, the one was Mick Malloy. He was oh, the names. There, there was another now. whole segment which was similar. This all, show, honestly, is pioneering. <laughs> pioneering show. I think. And people just keep stealing it. Not oh, just people. It was, it was terrible songs. Terrible, terrible no. songs. No. It was, yes. No. Yes, 100%. I am. Um, this is it now yeah this is, i'm going there i'm going there i'm staring people down and they even i think it was one that we had featured even that they oh, yeah I, uh, i'm just you're seething aren't you i am i am absolutely seething <laughs> those cheeky buggers at triple m stealing oh, i quite like these studios they're quite relaxing here i don't mind you know this <laughs> was a bit stressful oh it's <laughs> well, don't it's, like it's hard trying to chat to someone and be funny when there's a text message on the screen telling you, abusing you with uh, very colourful language. Yeah, we got used to that very quickly at SEL, I tell you. All right, friend of the show time. Oh, yeah? Bernard Tomic. Bernie! He's been beaten in the opening round of the French Open by a lucky loser. Tomic. Opening round? Yeah, the first round of the H- French Open. Has form been right before that? Well, it's, not been, it's actually not been too bad. Is he still coachless? His dad's taken over. His dad's back on the scene. His dad's oh, back good. on the scene. I think nobody else wanted to work with him. Bernie, friend of the show, Bernie Tomic, has been humiliated in a bizarre French Open embarrassment, capitulating to a sleep-deprived underdog in yet another farcical <laughs> twist to the Queenslander's career. <laughs> Former world number 16 was upstaged by a lucky loser, Marco Trongoletti, 6457-6464, after the Argentine defied the odds to even play in the match. Gosh. Ranked 190th in the world, Trungaletti lost in the final round of Roland Garros qualifying before heading back to his Barcelona home. On learning that no other lucky loser had signed on to replace the injured Nick Kyrgios because uh, Kyrgios was the eighth player to pull out of the actual final draw on Sunday because he hurt his elbow. Yeah. Trungaletti... Tennis elbow. Tennis elbow, that's it, Rob. Uh, Trungaletti took his chance and drove back to Paris along with his brother, mother and grandmother. Full house. Stocky right-hander completed the nine-hour, 1,035-kilometre trek. He got there just before midnight, but undaunted by the unconventional preparation because he actually wasn't confirmed that he was actually going to play until 20 minutes before the so start of the match. So he didn't know who was playing Bernie already? No. Nope, because that he, would be a, a good motivator. Cause yeah. Like, well, he's not going to nah, give a rat's ass. He's got his money. Uh, Trungaletti proceeded to a famous victory. But then, here's the headlines. 
Right. Bernie Tomic has turned on himself once again in a sour aftermath to his first round French Open exit at Roland Garros. Press conference. Tomic shot down suggestions. He was only playing tennis for the money as he cut not so much a dejected but petulant figure following his 6-4, loss to Argentine battler Marco Trogaletti. So we're going to play this thing just for a laugh because we haven't done it for a while. The former world number 16 offered just 64 words in a truncated question and answer session with the media after the embarrassing loss. Yes, Oh, wasn't expecting that. <laughs> right. So, Bernard, uh, how do you assess that? Well, it was okay, no. Oh, how are you feeling sort of physically? You've had that big run on clay the last couple of weeks. So, were you fully fit? And you obviously gave it your all out there. Yeah, I, I guess I was okay. Uh, so, uh, you head to the grass court season now with renewed confidence. Uh, you've been hitting the ball pretty well. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what's next. Oh, um, you were wearing different clothes during the qualifying than you are now. Can you tell me about that change in attire? Oh, it is what it is. That's uh, all I can say. Oh, um, have, have you thought anything more about the uncertainty? It was unusual as of last night. There was no name next to you in the order of play. It just said, lucky loser. And we didn't know who it would actually be. Uh, was that unusual or a twist in terms of preparing for it? Just having that uncertainty? Yeah, but it changed. Then, then I had to play. That, that's it. Oh, uh, what positives do you take away from the qualifying week you had? It was, it was solid. It was good. These, these are times that are challenging for you. Uh, what are some of the things you have learned during this time? What do you mean? Well, have you reflected on your place in tennis? On your desire? Are you in this primarily for financial reasons, or do you want to do other things? Next question. So, will you head back to uh, Marataglo's for another practice base there, or uh, what's the plan? I'll go home to Monaco, that's it. Oh. Uh, in the qualifying, you played with the shot clock. Um, I was just wondering, what are your thoughts on it, and were you noticing it the whole time? What was it like? I like it, it's good. Okay, oh, well, uh, thanks, Bernard. Thanks a lot. Um, so, the one-time Wimbledon quarter-finalist will take with him 40,000 euros, which is 62,000 Australian dollars, mate. But, oh, it's a much-needed boost to his dwindling bank account. And um, just by hitting the first round, he's got a ranking rise of 28 spots to number 178 in the world, old well Bernie. Done. Good work, Bernie. But I love this. What, but whatever positives Tomic takes away from Paris remain to be seen, because it was solid. It was good. <laughs> it was all the trouble star would offer up. Well, he went to five sets. So, four sets. Four sets. Yeah. We, okay. He won a set, so that's not bad for so, Bernie. Yeah, there's something in there. Something, something positive to take away I love from the it. fact that they ask him, are you just in this for the money? Oh, no. No. Yeah, next question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did very good, Bernie, there. Uh, he didn't mind. It started a bit good. rough. Then it got better as it yeah, went I through. Yeah, I think you kind of I just got a bit more, it. oh, I know what I'm going to say. It's a bit, bit sort of woggy, to be honest. Well, it is. But Eastern European, sort of. Yeah, well, he yeah. is called Bernard Tomic. Uh, golf news, Rob. Oh, Yes. Cops called in bizarre ending to the Florida Mid-Am. What do you mean? What's a I don't know what a Mid-Am... It must be an American thing. Uh, the Florida State Golf Association declared Mark Dull, that's his name, Mark Dull, the winner of the 37th Mid-Amateur Championship, after his opponent was unable to return because of an, un- <laughs> because of an unfortunate in- injury sustained during a lengthy weather delay. The match was tied with two holes to go before the rain came and stopped the right. match. Right, okay. Match play, okay. Uh, so, it's a so they're kind of semi... What does I that think mean? so. Semi- okay, so, yeah. but it's not like when they play with Bill Murray and it's stuff. It's not a pro-am where you get guests in, yeah. so it's kind of an amateur type some- thing, yeah. Some corporate who's got lots of money and chimed his way in yeah. there. So uh, left unreported was what actually happened. According to a police report, uh, the Charlotte County Sheriff's Office received a call that afternoon from Dole's opponent, Jeff Golden, who claimed that he'd been assaulted in the parking lot at the Coral Creek Club. Hmm. In a statement provided to police, Golden said assaulted. he was he was sucker punched in the face Ooh. by Dole's caddy, Brandon Hibbs. Golf fights. Golf fights, babe. Gosh. That's it. In his statement to police, Golden 33 said he, the alleged incident stemmed from a rules dispute on the ninth hole. As he surveyed his putt, Golden asked Doll whether the cup was damaged or if there was loose debris around the edge. Don't worry about it, Hibbs reportedly told Golden. If you're going to make it, you're going around it. I don't know where my American accent's gone. 
Don't worry. You never had one. You <laughs> never true. had one. With tensions already running high because of what he perceived as the breaches of etiquette by his opponents, Golden informed the rules official in the group that he believed Hibbs' statement constituted a vice. The penalty was a loss of hole, giving Golden a two-up lead at the turn. At that point, Hibbs told police he re- excused himself and returned to the clubhouse. Dull and Golden continued their match, heading to the 17th hole all square when they were pulled off the course because of inclement weather. Golden told police he headed to the parking lot 2.45pm to retrieve some dry clothes from his car when Hibbs approached mm. him, apologised, then punched him on the left side of the face, huh. causing him to fall to the ground. I had a moment where I was happy to see him because the first thing he said to me was, I want to apologise. By the time he finished, I was being punched. <laughs> That's why he believed Hibbs would strike in Golden said, It was from the earlier ruling, 100%. He had anger towards me because I called him out on a ruling. In a statement given to police, Hibbs said that he had been in the clubhouse the entire time and did not batter Golden, nor was he in the parking lot. That is a sucker punch. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, police wrote in the report there were no witnesses to the alleged attack, nor was there any surveillance video from the parking lot. While observing Golden, uh, the officer noted there was no swelling or abrasions to the face. Hibbs's hands and knuckles showed no scrapes or abrasions either. God, the, gentle- the gentleman's game is no longer. Golden, however, said there were no- there were three bloodstains on his shirt and punctures inside his mouth that proved he'd been struck. Dole said he had no knowledge of the alleged attack was only made aware once the police arrived. It was shocking. Hibbs said to me, I didn't touch the guy. Once the police left, it was up to the FSGA to determine how to proceed. After a two-hour delay, the players were expected back on the 17th. Golden then asked Dole whether he would concede the match. I said I wasn't going to concede. Why would I concede the match when I was sitting in the shelter? And when I come back, someone is accused of being hit. So Golden then decided to concede himself, handing the mid-am title to Dole. Mm. I just wanted to get home, Golden explained. Dole said he was annoyed by the whole incident. I think it taints the entire championship. It's unfortunate. No golf tournament should end that way. Yeah, what a disaster. Disastrous. Jesus. Including Absolute my camels. attempted accent. That's well, actually, it got disastrous. better at the end when you really put some gusto in. I was you, you channeling my inner Mr. T. Yeah, do a bit of that. Hulk Hogan. Yeah, hey, brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, do, just do that. It's only real one you can do. You can't do a casual one, can you? I'm struggling with that. You can, only, you you can only do a big, it's all out there. Yeah, go I don't forward, know why. Hey, um, yeah. third generation American. Because you used to be the accents kid, and now I'm, all of a sudden I'm doing them. Right. Um, now, what I want to say about that is, yes. I would like to try and find out what is the most ludicrous sporting fight in history. Like, has, Love there, it. has there been one that, like, in a game of chess or something, yeah. a fight break out in chess or cricket? Not really at the top level, has there? There's been a bit of push and shove, but not, nothing really that's... No, uh, nothing like, like Australian ball fight. tampering and David Warner punching Joe Root in a nightclub. Uh, well, that's off the field, though. I'm talking on field. Still related. Yeah. Javid Miander tried to hit Dennis Lee with a bat, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Try, but never I'm trying really. to think of actually a genuine proper fight amongst players. Rodney Hogg tried to punch Kim Hughes, I think, and missed. Swung and missed. What, in a state match? No, in a test match. In the same team? They were in the same team. Rodney Hogg took a wicket, and basically they all came in to congratulate him. I'm pretty sure, I'll have to look this up, Rodney Hogg swung at him and missed. Um, apparently Kim Hughes wouldn't give him the field he wanted. So then he took the wicket and he just wanted to twang. <laughs> I'll have to check that out, but I've heard that story before, so we'll I'll find that out for you. I like that, Rob. That's your top yeah. ten for next week. Oh, che- yeah, fights. Good. Yeah. Bang. Beautiful. Just like anyway, that. we've got time for this. In efforts to continue to expand the AFL, it is now confirmed that the 2019 AFL Grand Final will be a twilight game played in front of Asians in Mongolia Chinese put up a wall, stupid Mongolians have to come and knock it down. Goddamn Mongolians, Rob. <laughs> Certainly. Well, it's good to see the games expanding, though. You know, oh, Mongolia next. China. We've had They're China. To Mongolia. Uh, Alice Springs. Um, now Mongolia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really looking for some different sort of markets. You know, you don't want to go where things are already popular. You want to try and find new markets, don't you? Yeah. Why, why take on what's 
already established. Why? Well, I mean, well, they've just got that carnival once a year, Mongolian wrestling. Oh, horseback and, uh, archery. Yeah, all that stuff. And uh, long-distance horseback riding. Just do it when that's not on, and Bob's your uncle. So we played the first song that came to his head. It just so happened to be. It was the worst song in the world. It was the worst song in the world. Listen to the song, and it's clear of all, because the words don't fit, and the song is shit. You're a talent, this This is show number 65, people, by the way. This is, I think, the only segment that is featured in every show. This could be around 80 songs. Yeah. I think maybe one time I tried to say we should give that a miss and you found, came up with something. No, we, I've You're always found through. something. Yep. This has just been released. Brand new. Oh? To the World hey, Cup. Hey, by the way, I want to talk about that St Kilda one from last week. Oh, yeah. Did quickly. you see the video I put on our I Facebook page? I saw the page? video. See, I know what they were trying to do there. The You're the only one. Well, f- by the way, the, it's clearly the players not singing. Okay. They're, 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 they're lip syncing. Right. There's no way any one of those players can sing as well as the people that are actually singing. Okay. The singing is actually quite good, but... But they're trying to do kind of a piss take of glee, but the tone of the song is too serious or too too much of an attempt to make it good. So there's actually quite a good acting performance by like Nick Rewald and stuff. Really? Yeah, yeah. But the the. The footage is really budget. Yeah, the footage is a bit weird. If you don't know what we're talking about, we did this song last week. And also, this is at least five, six years ago because. Nice. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Because that that guy there, uh, he's our ruckman. Oh right, it has been for the last five years. Okay, what's I forget his name. I don't know. Big boy McAvoy. Ben McAvoy. Are you ready for this, St Kilda fans? Like anyone in St Kilda can sing like that. That's uh. I don't even know any St Kilda players. I was going to have a go, but I don't know any. It's, Nick Rewald's miming it. I saw that. And I think there's like Lenny, what's his name? Travis. <laughs> no. So that's the worst song in the world from last. That's St Kilda Saints, and it was uh, some kind of thing that never really saw light of day. I'm, I'm, I reckon maybe it got played once Yeah, and somewhere, then got ended and pretty then quick. They brushed it right under the carpet. Yeah, there's a reason for that. I put the video on our Facebook page. Please look up 365 Days of Sport. Uh, you will see it. It's. Uh, I, I almost reckon it's probably 2009 when they made the final. I reckon it's ooh, around there. I, don't, I think it's later than that. Big I boy really McAvoy. do. All right, anyway, uh, the World Cup starts very, very shortly, in about 15 days, I believe. All right. There's no interest in me and Rob. Wales or New Zealand didn't qualify, so it doesn't really matter. So it's an irrelevant tournament. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Will Smith. Oh. Nicky Jam oh, and no. the, the uh, Kosovo Albanian singer Ira Istrafi. Mm. This is the official... World Cup song is, is for he, Russia. Is Will Smith back rapping? Of course he is. Oh, That's what he's known for, isn't he? He shouldn't do that. So uh, the official World Cup song... Eminem he... pays him out flat out. I love this because this is the BBC reporting. The Fresh Prince. They're still calling him the Fresh Prince, Rob. Yeah. He hasn't been known as the Fresh Prince since 1998. He alluded to the track with a post on Instagram. He follows in the footsteps of Pitbull, Jennifer Lopez, Jenny from the Block, and Shakira whose hips never lie. They've been involved in the previous couple of World Cup songs. Uh, 14th of June, the uh, World Cup kicks off. Will Smith, who's put out a number of platinum and gold-selling albums, released a video showing the making of a song on his YouTube channel. It shows reggaeton artist Nicky Jam asking for the Fresh Prince's verse to be made more prominent than his own. Yeah, there you yeah. go. I want Will's voice to stand out more. I want my voice to be a little lower. I could do it in my reggae voice. No. no I reckon maybe just let them do their thing. Yeah. And, you want to hear um, it? It's called Live It Up, by the way. The official song is uh, customarily performed ahead of the tournament's opening match. This year, it's between Russia and Saudi Arabia. Great. Can't wait for that one. Nicky Jam and co. will be hoping it gets a better reception at the opening ceremony than it has so far on social media. (laughs) Oh, yes. You're already getting the drift. Good. This is Will Smith, Nicky Jam, Ira Estrefi. Live it up.
for this. Oh yeah, we all at we Are you loving it? Are you loving it? Uh, probably not. Not what I'd say. Uh, I'm not sure what the purpose of it of this is. So obviously, I know it's for the soccer World Cup coming up. Yeah. But are they, were they asked to make this? I'm or pretty the... sure they were. Okay. It's a very good question, though, Rob, because I'm never quite sure how these things come about. I, I don't think there's anything in there that anyone can grab onto. Yeah. Love it. I mean. Will Smith's part, I just immediately thought of One Vision by Queen. Really? One flesh, one bone, yeah. one true one, religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One race, one hope, one real. Why don't they just play that? They just play Queen, One Vision. That would go off. Oh, that, how good would that be as a World Cup song? It would be a great song. Um, um, apparently, Will Smith wants to see the world dance to this crap. Well, uh, it's just, is this him now? Okay, let's just wind that down. Uh, I don't think there's anything for um, anyone, a, a massive group of people, like because you you're trying to get a mob one up and going and be yeah, able to sing yeah. something and yep. get into it emotionally invested in some way. I think that's missed the mark entirely. Do you want to hear the headline? Some of the the feedback. From the Independent? Yep. Official World Cup song review. Live it up with Will Smith, Nicky Jam and Ira. Estrefi is almost unlistenable. (laughs) Blatant attempt to cash in on the music industry's Latin American obsession is at odds with the fact that this year's World Cup is being hosted by Russia. Oh. There you go. Attitudes to the World Cup song generally feel like Britain's manner towards its own Eurovision Song Contest entry. Essentially, nobody cares. So uh, I don't think anyone's going to be grabbed by that. I don't. They've missed the mark. Well yeah, I think so. Do you know about so, Diplo? Not nah. sure who Diplo is, but um, what's the background of the other two people they're talking? To? Who's Nikki Jams? Nikki Jam is an uh, American Jam. kind of reggaeton. Okay, whatever that and means. Enrico. Era uh, Estrefi. She's a Kosovo singer and songwriter. She first gained popularity among. So she's the sort of Russian Albanian-speaking audiences in Europe. I mean that's an, that's what you'd call a fusion fail. Yes, it is, Rob. That sometimes fusion doesn't work. No, that's exactly you know, right. You can I ask mean, many people no about that. No one can be as good as as we are here at Three Hundred Sixty Five Days. <laughs> we love a bit of fusion. Here. I successfully fused darts and ballroom dancing. Into ballroom one, into darting. One yeah, 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 yeah. So this Albanian girl, bizarre. This is the review as well. Bizarrely, on Live It Up. She has adopted a faux Caribbean accent over the bouncing Latin-influenced backbeat mm. that none of the singers can keep up with. Crooning the slightly, slightly nonsensical, strengthening numbers is a force we can mix. We raise our flags and put our pride on our back. We feeling like a champion when we shine our light. We got the power. Make a nation correct. What? Yeah. Make a nation correct. That's yeah. rubbish. Uh, Nicky Jam is an American singer, but he's of Dominican and Puerto Rican descent, apparently. Oh, look, lots of people with accents on when they're singing sort of thing. True. I mean, you know. You know, some accents don't fit. Yeah. It's like you can't rap with a New Zealand accent. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, okay. Or, or, or an How Australian. Bizarre. There's been Australians that have done it. Yeah, I don't Hilltop like Hoods. Don't like it at all. Basically, they've failed to also recognise that the tournament's in Russia. Right. Like World Cup songs generally are meant to recognise the hosts. Look, um, I don't think we need to really go into that. You heard it nah, yourself, people. There's nothing there to grab anyone in any way, shape or form. It reminds me of The Long Way Round with Ewan McGregor and, went and to Charlie Borman. And I think they are in Mongolia, actually. <laughs> yeah. And they stay at some guy's house and he just out of nowhere brings down his little Spanish guitar. And just sings this massive operatic piece, uh, similar sort of keys right. as, as what they're doing there and that. And it's they applauded. It was very well sung. Yeah. But you don't want to hear that for a long time. It's annoying. No. Barcelona, it was the first time that we met. Yeah. With you singing especially. I know. It would be brilliant. Well, because of that, I might get some treatment. Yes, here we are. You're back with Dr. Robert. The doctor is in session. The doctor is in the house. 
Ooh. He's in, he's ready yes. to roll. Robin Williams declared me a doctor on the film Patch Adams. So I Just have... Just you? Well, no, it's pretty open. Okay, fair that, enough, That's yeah. why I was able to just sort of slide my way in. Yeah, it wasn't very yeah, hard. Yeah. Anyone who wants to help someone, you're a doctor. So bang. Yes, doctor. What's happening here today, Beefy, is we, we've done our apprenticeship with Dr. Robert. Have we? Yeah, because we're now we're already launching the hospital centre. The way better cancer centre than the Living Newton-John's one. Yeah, yeah. So that was, it's got all its new, and it's got the fundamental philosophies were in there with, uh, it just doesn't matter. Um, take it to the limit. Take it to the limit. Your George Costanza, the opposite. Yep. All, all those things. All them. Now we have to go into, oh, I'm teaching you level two thesis theory of Dr. Robert. Listen carefully to this slogan. This is called, The Truth is Wrong, Bitch. The truth is wrong, bitch. The truth is wrong, bitch. Right. You hear what I'm saying? See, some people say that the truth is black and white. Some people say that the truth can be a bit grey. But maybe, just maybe, it's actually orange. Donald Trump orange? Or mauve. Sky blue. There's different colours out there. Don't just go straight for your black and white greyness. Think about psychedelia. Expand your mind, you know? You need to discover the truth. It's the truth beyond the above and beyond. So you okay. will see, you need to see the truth, that which ultimately will make you just some far more formidable opponent. Right, okay. So you're another level. So they'll think they're coming at you with the facts. But in fact, the facts are lies. Really? Right, now listen to this. Here's an example. Listen to Jack Nicholson, and he completely balls it up with his attempt to tell the truth. Listen oh, to this. Yeah. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Now he ends up, confessing everything, thinking he's awesome with the truth, he goes to jail. Does he? Jack Nicholson goes to jail. Tom Cruise wins the the courtroom battle. Jack Nicholson goes to jail, and if he's going to get nominated for an Oscar, he's going to have to do a a sort of live cross from jail. Pathetic effort from Jack Nicholson. Right. So, the truth was wrong, bitch. Right. You see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. Everyone thought that Ben Johnson won the 1988 meters. We did at the time. The truth was wrong, bitch. It was. All right, you hear what I'm saying? Now, when you hear someone say, well, the fact of the matter is, that's when you've already won because they don't even know their facts of the matter. And the fact is that their facts are lies of the matter. Do you hear what I'm saying? Uh, Yeah. Okay, so here's a prime example of skewed facts and trickiness from Morgan Freeman in The Shawshank Redemption. Ellis Boyd Redding, if I'll say you've served 40 years of a life sentence... You feel you've been rehabilitated? Rehabilitated? Well, now, let me see. You know, I don't have any idea what that means. Well, it means you're ready to rejoin society. I know what you think it means, Sonny. To me, it's just a made-up word. A politician's word, so that young fellows like yourself can wear a suit and a tie and have a job. What do you really want to know? Am I sorry for what I did? Well, I There's not a day goes by I don't feel regret. Not because I'm in here, because you think I should. I look back on the way I was then. A young, stupid kid who committed that terrible crime. I want to talk to him. I want to try to talk some sense to him. Tell him the way things are. But I can't. That kid's long gone. and This old man is all that's left. I gotta live with that. Rehabilitated. It's just a bullshit word. So you go on and stamp your form, Sonny, and stop wasting my time. Because to tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. Approved stamp. Morgan Freeman gets let out of jail. Yep. Because before, he tricked them completely. What he just said then was all lies. Really? He did He did give a shit. Oh, okay. He wants to get out of prison. Don't try and tell me he didn't. The truth was wrong, bitch. Yeah. And then, the, so he won that. It was an amazing trickery for Morgan Freeman because he'd already told the truth twice before and they said no. And then he said, he made up all that rubbish. They let him out of prison. <laughs> Hey, have you heard about his sexual assault stuff going uh, on? Oh, well. Have you actually heard it? No. It is the biggest load of rubbish you've ever oh, heard in your entire life. The, the Me Too campaign, I'm sorry, but if this stuff keeps coming out, 
<laughs> then uh, they're going to jeopardise the whole thing. Oh, really? Anyway, I'm getting off track. You are. These ideas of false truths have been installed in us since we were children. Yeah. Jack and the Beanstalk. You know this story? Yes. This has the most false morality where the truth is so wrong uh. that it can be torn to shreds. So basically you've got this careless sort of big dodgy lazy useless son yeah the family's desperate they've got one cow left they send them off to the market going come on jack we're putting it all in your hands mate you got to pull through for the family as you do yeah we need we need you to pull off some impressive deal with this cow you got to try and swindle something our way so that we can eat for another week or else the whole family's starving to death mate it's all on you because yeah i got it sort of mum no worries Buggers off, goes back, he finds some old bus on the side of the road, stupidly does a deal for the cow with these beans. Five yeah. crappy little beans. Walks back, the moron thinking he's nailed it. Yeah. Walks back home. They were magic beans, Rob. Well, that, how are you going to believe that? How are you going to know that, that? Well, that's what he got told. Yeah, well. Yeah. The truth was not wrong in this case, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, okay. He walks back. His mum goes, how'd you go, Jack? He goes, mum, absolutely nailed it. Check these beans out. These are magic. Yeah. I'm on fire, mum. And she's like, quite rightfully gives him a proper belting, if you read the fairy tale. Grabs the beans and throws them out the window. Jack's blowing it. He's an idiot. And the family's foodless and cowless. Foodless. Nothing less to trade. They're basically doomed to starvation and poverty. Disaster. By complete fluke. These beans grow a stalk, a beanstalk, which happens to be right underneath the cloud of the giant's magical lair. Unbelievable. Only Jack is enough of a moron to say, I'm going to climb this beanstalk and see what happens. Because clouds are quite high in the sky. They are high in the sky. Yeah. He goes up, finds this giant. The giant's quite happy just minding his own business. He's not causing any harm. Jack, the dodgy, thieving asshole, goes and steals his harp, steals his, his goose with the golden eggs. Yep. Goes back down and goes, yeah, I'm awesome. P- poor old giant turns around and is going, mate, you stole all my stuff. This is rubbish. Comes after him, comes flying down this beetle, going, I'm going to reclaim my stolen goods from this l- delinquent rebel named Jack. And then they cut the stalk down. The poor giant dies. Unbelievable. It was supposed to go, oh, good old Jack. That's a bollocks. That's it. He's an irresponsible layabout. It should not be called Jack and the Beanstalk. It should be called Jack... The world's biggest prick. <laughs> yeah, it should have been. And when he came down with the goose and the, he goes, not only are you lazy and stupid, you're now a thief as well. Yeah. Mum should give him another proper slapping and just, just send the stuff, send him back up, give it back to the poor old giant. So this is where the truth is wrong. The truth was wrong, bitch. You hear what I'm saying, BV? I can hear it. And you need to know there's going to be a moment in your life where you're going to be confronted with a situation and everyone's going to be going, yeah, nice one, nice one, nice one. You nailed it. Bollocks. The truth was wrong, bitch. It's called, and you tell it to them. It's called marriage. Ring my friend, I said you called Dr. Robert. Day or night, he'll be there any time at all. Dr. Robert. Dr. Robert. Yeah, definitely it's called marriage. I've never been married, Beefy. Don't do it. You have to find out. I can tell you now. Okay. Carry on. We're now discussing marriage on the show, is that we're not? You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. The facts of life. There's a time you gotta go and show you grow, and now you know about the facts of life. The facts of life. When the world never sleeps. They're all about you. They're all about you, yeah, you. Oh, yes. Facts of life. We did allude earlier. Congratulations to Daniel Ricciardo as well by uh, winning the most prestigious Grand Prix of them all, Monaco. Um, so we are going to nip back to um, Abu Dhabi. Yeah. 2015, mm-hmm. just after the last race of the season, where myself and Rob had the opportunity to interview Mr. Ricciardo. Mm. And, you know... We talked to him about sport, life, the world, everything, well, mainly sport. Well, well, did we? Uh, I, 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 I'm not sure this is a great example of hard-hitting journalism from the beef man. Oh, uh, I think it was. 
I, I've never been more happy than when that text came through that I managed to hook that up and then knowing full well that I didn't have to do anything. Well, that's true. I could just turn up. You did. Yeah. We just turned up and uh, this is what I asked him about. Okay, it's a great pleasure for us to uh, have Daniel Ricardo, a four-part, one-hour series on stamp collecting with Dan. Dan, how's it all going? It's good. I've been collecting since I was uh, basically still a fetus. Oh, nice. And, um, yeah, it's, it's gone well. I've got... Over 12 stamps now. Oh, that's that's <laughs> tremendous. That's a, that's nearly one every two years. <laughs> it's going well. Well, as you know, it's a dying breed now. No, yeah, everything's email. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but there, I mean, it's massive investment. So, oh, that's where I make a lot of my coins. Of course, I think so. Yeah. Now, I've got to ask you about uh, the Honey Badger uh, moniker. Now, there's another kind of famous Western Australian that also goes by the name Honey Badger, Nick Cummings. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. No. That's not what he tells us. <laughs> is, there a, is there a bit of a rivalry? Is there going to be a honey badger uh, badger off? I, I fear he will he will win that rivalry. <laughs> if, if we have anything physically related yeah. uh, to battle the naming rights, then... Uh, he might be a bit quicker think, than you uh, on, on feet, but not in a car. <laughs> I think uh, my best chance is probably clipping him with, <laughs> my, with my car, but otherwise uh, anything... Uh, Swinging related, he would, uh, or tackling related, he's he's going to win it. So yeah. it's a mutual respect. For oh, the name. I like that. Yes, uh, you're from a Sicilian family. Should I be worried? Uh, no, no. <laughs> if Dad was around, oh okay. But to be honest, he's probably set up someone in, in the buildings there with yep. a sniper. But you'll be sweet. Okay, you're Just, right. Yeah. Aim, aim right. <laughs> what other sports are you following outside of the outside of racing? A uh, big UFC fan. Oh Massive yes, UFC of course. Yep. Oh, it's a pity you missed Melbourne a couple of weeks ago. I know. Yeah, I know. Okay. And. Uh, I was. I wanted to get to the Vegas fight in a few yeah, weeks yeah. with uh, Aldo and McGregor. Yes, I'm a big course. fan of McGregor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I've got an event on in Perth. Oh, that's a shame. Which, yeah, it's. Oh well, we can't. We can't have more. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think. I, I think greedy. Mr. McGregor will be around for a, for a little while. I know it's a yeah. huge fight that McGregor Aldo fight, but uh, just yeah. like uh, Ronda Rousey and Holm the uh, last week or a couple mm. of weeks ago. So, yeah. uh, does Ronda ring you up every now and again? Check on checking your progress. Um, to be honest, she just calls me yeah, yeah she does call me but it's more just to give me a hard time oh um, fair enough yeah so she's training eight days a week and oh, only training seven days crazy a week crazy woman crazy so, woman yeah it's not yeah. easy but I mean that's the price to pay when you've got a girlfriend like Rhonda it's, yeah, it's tough you know she wants to move into acting and you yeah. know it's just ridiculous she's, I don't know how you do it oh well I don't know either yeah it's, it's sort of an open relationship oh, I guess. Nice. so it makes it a bit easier yeah yeah so just in case you weren't sure, in, in summary, in our exclusive interview with Dan Ricardo that took me quite a long email correspondence and ballsy phone calls to make happen, he covered whether he wants to have a nickname challenge with Nick the Bad Honey Badger Cummins. The new bachelor. They want to actually he wants to do that. Yep. He asked him if he's interested in collecting stamps. Uh, he accused his family of being part of the Sicilian Mafia. Yeah. And also implicated that he's in a sexually promiscuous relationship with Ronda Rousey. Open relationship. Yeah. So uh, That's hard-hitting journalism for you, Rob. Yeah. Let Triple M steal that shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beefy sat back and said, right, I'm going to come up with the best stuff I've got for this interview. I'm going to dig deep, high quality, uh, high caliber of content even. Yeah. And just really get the best out of Danny. Get ready to dig deep, pull at those emotional heartstrings. And, uh, wow, gosh. I know. Don't, don't you just look back and think, uh, really nailed that opportunity? <laughs> <laughs> About as well as Jack and the Beanstalk did, but he had to try and get those magic beans. Yeah. Sell the cat family cow and will not get magic beans, actually. No. That was the idea. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, yeah. You, you kind of sold Ricardo some magic beans there, I think. Well, hey, love it. All right, we, ju- we are running out of time, but we have just, uh, we're going to recap on this for, for a sec. Um, it's not officially a world championship, this, but just this early this week. official on this show. Well, apart from being the greatest sports radio show on the planet. That is official, Rob. It was the cheese rolling on Monday. Hey, that's the one everyone wants to know about. Cheese rolling. Every, you're, you're doing a cheese rolling down in, uh, yeah. in the... Oh. Every time we told people we do 365... You've been the, the, wife, the wife carrying in Finland? Wife carrying and cheese rolling. That's, yeah. that's only the two sports they want Someone the other day said wife throwing. Yeah. Like, oh, gosh. <laughs> Hey, yeah. you've been the white throwing championship. Yeah, a little bit of white throwing. <laughs> so in Gloucestershire, in England, Cooper's Hill, uh, the Gloucester cheese rolling veteran 
has broken the, the all-time record. So a champion cheese roller, because you get champion cheese rollers, mm. has broken the all-time record for the most cheeses won in Gloucestershire's death-defying races. Chris Anderson has now taken home a total of 22 double Gloucester cheeses in 14 years of competing. Gosh. After chasing the hefty 8 pounds, which is 3.6 kilos, cheese down Cooper's Hill. He's the Roger Federer of cheese rolling. He is. Uh, thousands of spectators turned out to watch thrill seekers hurl themselves down the 1 in 2 gradient, chasing wheels of double Gloucester cheese. In the first men's downhill race, Mr. Anderson left other daredevils trailing in his wake as he sprinted, tripped, and tumbled down the rough, uneven hillside chasing the cheese that rolls at 70 miles an hour Whoa. there was a there was a bit more pressure this year as there was a few more locals running he said after the race and a kid next to me was pulling my shirt all the way down but i'm happy i got nothing to prove now that's a genuine gloucester accent rob genuine right uh, he is a soldier with the one rifles. Uh, Mr. Anderson skipped the second men's race, but won again in the third race. But he tore his calf as he charged downhill. And his reward, as with all winners, is to take the cheeses home with him despite only liking cheddar. Among the competitors this year was an Australian, Nathan Anstey, 30, from Melbourne, mm. who took part wearing just a pair of budgie smuggler swimming trunks. Okay, Mr. Anstey, who is known as Mangoes, Mangoes, mate, of course he is. Of course he is. Said he was, it was just unbelievable, mate. Last year was the first time I did it, and I knew I had to come back. It's a no-brainer, mate, he said. It's the most exhilarating thing you can ever do. Mm-hmm. Why can't we just call them Speedos? Like, I, I, don't, feel, I, I don't I think it's I'm, sponsored, Rob. one of these terms that I'm just... Budgie done. smugglers? I can't be dumb. I can't, I can't do that. You can't do it? Nah. Well, um, Speedos is a brand. They're just swimming trunks, Rob. Yeah, but it's just it's, it's a less it's just a, it's I less offensive. I, I hate that. Are you have you got things. visual uh, visual issues when people say budgie no, smugglers? No, no, no. It's just a term that someone came up with, which is probably mildly amusing for five minutes, and then the whole world latched onto it, and everyone just goes, "Oh, budgie smugglers." If you're in so Queensland, and it goes on and on, it's just like yeah. you think you're funny if you say it. Queensland, they call them dick togs. Well, that's not very good either. Well, I don't know. It's just what they call them, Rob. Why do you put? Why do you say that on the show? I don't want that on the show. We've got some Queensland listeners because they're all saying they're going. Yeah, dick togs up here, mate. Okay. Well, they can keep it up there. Yeah, they do. They keep it off her show. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I don't know. Were you going to say thanks to Masuda? How can he only like cheddar cheese? I don't know. That that's one of those guys yeah. who lives in England and he does and who's never left. Like he's never been to France. <laughs> he's never got the train to France. He lives on the border between England and Wales. Border. He's probably exactly. never been to Wales. Exactly. One of those types. He loves running down hills, though, chasing cheese. Like, never been to Europe at all. But it's because he only likes cheddar. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Uh, mate, I'm not going to disagree with you this time because we got to thank Mercedes. It's been an absolute awesome show. They're the best sportswear company in Australia. Get in touch with them. 1-300-Mercedes-Mercedes.com.au. Rob, it's been an absolute pleasure. I wish you could say the same. It has, actually. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see you next week.